0: You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. amen look at your neighbor and say he's still breathing <laughs> come on he's still breathing life he's alive so so good um the journey by the way is your next steps it's like our membership class if you want to get involved you're ready to start serving at the church that is the place for you to go amen also after service today there is going to be a couple easter egg they're split up i imagine there's a nursery side that's going to be over here by the trees so if you go out these doors to your right, if your kids are in the nursery, which is six and under, I believe, they'll be on this right side over here. And if they're in kids' church, the so first or fifth grade, I believe, they're going to be on that big field on the right. But go out there when you're done and wait for directions. And let me say this. Control your own kids, amen? <laughs> and get your children and don't let them just run out there and start doing things until so somebody tells you, all right? Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, I got it. Look at your neighbor and say, I didn't come for that. I came for Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah. As I was praying this morning, I woke up, and as soon as I woke up, I said, Lord, I said, what are you you saying about today? And I don't know, maybe that's different for you to think that way, um, but God is still speaking, and he's not just a religion or an academic thing for you to understand intellectually, but he's a person for you to have personal relationship with, and he wants to speak to you. And I was praying, and I said, God, what is prayer, right? It's talking to the Lord. And I was like, God, what are, you, what are, you, what are your thoughts about this morning, about Easter Sunday? And I felt the Lord say, I love Easter Sunday. He said, because there's so much excitement. There's so many people. There's so many visitors. There's so many people who are excited about me and excited about my resurrection. It's known around the world what's happening. Jesus is, like, famous today, right? And he loves it. So I love it too. Amen. Hey, raise your hand if it's your first time here, if you'd be bold enough. Awesome. Come on, can we give it up and welcome these guys? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Just want to honor my dad, too. My dad's here. Hey, dad, love you. Can you give it up for my my dad? Mm. Give it up for yourself, too. You made it to church. (laughs) Some of you were forced. (laughs) Some of you are here because to make your mom happy. I completely understand. Let's just be real; it's quiet in here at that moment. And, and, and I, I can't help on Easter. I promise I'll get into a message here shortly. I, I can't help on Easter just to remember. I just get, I just get really just overwhelmed by the Lord because I remember I was one of those people who came to church on Christmas and Easter, <laughs> right? So there's no, I'm not putting any shame on anyone. But I was lost, and I was in drug addiction. I was raised in church. I ran way away from the Lord, and my mom would, hey, please go to church on Easter, at least our Mother's Day, you know? And I would come, and I remember on my Sundays here at this church almost 14 years ago when Carter was maybe one, one year old, and I came here, and I brought him here with me on Easter Sunday, and I was still lost as can be. And I just get, it's just crazy to think that, that I would ever be the person preaching the sermon on that Easter. I don't know if even my family or any of them believed that either. <laughs> they were just hoping maybe I'd get sober, step one, <laughs> and start going to church, right? I remember one of our first Thanksgivings with Maddie, at, with my wife at our family. I remember her asking, or my family, did you ever see Mike? And I was like a youth leader back then. Did you ever see Mike doing what he's doing now? And I remember a couple of my brothers quickly were like, no. No way. We were just hoping he wouldn't die. (laughs) Right? We are just hoping he wouldn't die or nothing crazy happened to him. So I'm just really honored to be here. I'm really honored to minister to you this morning. And I just want to uh, introduce you to the far south. Something the Lord has been doing at our church um, is reintroducing himself to people. Uh, Maybe you're here and our worship is a little different than what you're used to, and you see people maybe that seem passionate about the Lord, or they get excited about God, or see people on the platform that might be crying while they're singing, and I just want you to know it's because we have a relationship with the Lord. It's not just uh, an event we're putting on here to entertain people, Uh, but it's real, (laughs) It's something real, and the Lord, I, I believe he wants to show a lot of you that are here this morning that you can enjoy him, that you can enjoy the Lord. And as I was thinking about this week's message, um, I guess we should probably pray. That's probably good, isn't it? Oh, Jesus, we love you. We just can't say thank you enough. Lord, I just pray, and, and I just declare that this pulpit is yours the results are yours, and the glory is yours. Father, I pray that you would just fill me with your spirit, fresh and anew, and use me this morning as a vessel, God. Help me to go low, that you would be lifted up. Lord, I pray for everyone in this room that have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to receive. God, I thank you for transformation that happens this morning, in Jesus' name, amen. I felt the Lord during prayer as well this morning. He's, I saw God like handing out whatever... Different needs are in this room. Like some of you came in here hurting and broken, and God's handing out compassion to you this morning. Some of you came in here hardened, and just you know what I mean. it's some like made hardened towards church. And something we heard in the prayer is that people would be find freedom today from church hurt. And then we were talking about that. I started thinking. Sometimes people can get church hurt. In a sense, for some of the wrong reasons, they can get church hurt because the church told them that the sin in their life was wrong. But let me say it like this but they told you without compassion. <laughs> if you just tell someone something bad that's going on in their life without actually loving and caring about them, it produces hurt. And so I just want to publicly say if anyone's ever shamed you and they haven't actually loved you, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not Jesus. It says in the Bible that he saw the lost and he had compassion, but he still tells the truth. We have to tell the truth with compassion and love. So I apologize if someone. All they did was tell you all the things you are doing wrong without ever actually having compassion for you in your life and trying to help you. That's what I love about my mom. She would try to help me. She would have compassion on me when I was lost. And she would tell me the truth. <laughs> Both, right? Amen. 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 Um, so I, I, I just see um, hmm, another thing before I get going. I felt the Lord say, "There's some of you that have just really been battling this idea of like, man, what is my purpose?" And maybe you even have like this, this like a career. Or something, I don't know. and But I feel like he's been thinking, like what is really my purpose? My life feels so pointless. Even though I have stuff going on in my life, what is the real purpose of my life? And I feel like the Lord wants to tell you today that your purpose is to know him and to make him known. Whether that you're a teacher or an EMT or a lawyer or a judge, whatever it may be, your purpose in life is to get to know the Father and to make him known through your life. That is your purpose. And I promise you, when you step into that, it will fulfill you. Amen? So I believe God wants to speak to so many people like, man, I'm not fulfilled with my life. It's because the Bible says in Colossians, your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Your real life is hidden with Christ. Your real life is hidden with him. So, okay, we'll move on. All right, so uh, a few things came to my mind about preaching this Sunday. Um, First was, I was thinking about the last week of Jesus' life. That's what we started last week at Palm Sunday. How many of you know uh, the way that they title or people say what they call the name of the last week of Jesus' life? Some people call it Holy Week. Everybody aware? And then some people call it as well the Passion Week. That's my favorite. It's the Passion Week. How many of you ever seen the movie, The Passion of the Christ? Man, that's a tearjerker. I'm pretty sure they're making a new one. And I started thinking, man, why is it called the Passion? And I looked up the word Passion. It basically means a strong, almost uncontrollable emotion towards something or an activity. And I just remember like, maybe, let me say it like this. I don't want to be negative. But the way that he suffered shows his passion for you. The what he went through shows how passionate he was. His love compelled him to get a hold of us, amen? And in the same way, I would dare to say that his church needs to be marked with passion for him. Let me say it like this. If you think it's weird... That people are passionate about Jesus. That's wrong. It's weird that they're not. (laughs) It's weird that the church isn't passionate about the Lord. It's weird if we're singing to him and there's no passion in us. That's what's weird. (laughs) Let me just fix this this morning. And the reason why some of us, we don't have passion is maybe it's because maybe you just believe it's just a story. But I'm here to tell you this morning, it's not just a cool catchphrase. It's not just a certain holiday. There is a God who actually rose from the grave, and he is alive. And he's actually in this room. And that might sound weird to you, but it's the truth. And he's here. He's breathing. He's alive. And and it's it's not even to get claps from you. (laughs) It's to get you to see something real and tangible that's actually real. This is more than a religion. This is more than a thought. This is more than a belief system. This is the truth. And he's here and he's handing out things this morning. And he's handing out salvation. And he's handing out revelation. He's handing out compassion. Whatever you need, I promise Jesus has it. Amen? And so I start thinking, man, the passion of the Lord. And I thought, I was thinking, man, I'm passionate about him. Like, I might get overwhelmed. I cry a lot. It's because I'm passionate about the Lord. It's because of what He's done for me. I'm listening. If you struggle with being passionate about God, then just fix your eyes on His suffering for you. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor, you don't have to cry. You don't have to dance. I never said you have to. I'm just saying it probably should move you if you really believe it, right? We got to get past this idea that maturity looks like. Listen, if, if my little girls were in here right now, they would dance and they would do the weirdest looking dances you would ever see. Because they don't care. They just don't care. It's sad that we grow up. Let me say it like this. It's sad that we start caring about what people think. And I'm not saying be fake. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying, but let the gospel hit you. And let it move you to passion for him. Amen. Let me say it like this. You are passionate about something. I don't know about you guys, but I love sweets. Hallelujah. Joel, I know you do, friend. My God. Some of you ladies, you are passionate about about makeup. I've seen you post the videos online. You come alive. Like a Maybelline evangelist. And then, I can't share the gospel, I'm scared. Come on. But when it comes to you making money, woo! (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. When it comes to UK basketball, you'd be on the front row with your shirt off, painted blue. But when it comes to him being rose from the dead, we're like, well, we gotta, we gotta calm down. I'm gonna tell you right now, I'd lose my mind. When my Cowboys win the Super Bowl next year. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I prophesy it right now. We blab it and grab it. Just kidding. But Some of you are passionate about something. I don't want to stay here too long, but you're passionate about something. You're passionate about your kids, right? You might be passionate about a hobby that you have. I'm here to say that Jesus is worthy of your passion. And he's something that actually makes sense to be passionate about. Not just golf. (laughs) or Target ladies I'm going to hit everybody in this room yeah not just the guys not just Target and TJ Maxx no 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 not just fishing come on we all have passions in our life and I believe Jesus should be the highest one is that safe to say amen somebody say I'm passionate about him (laughs) if it felt weird it shouldn't it shouldn't He's passionate about you. Amen. Amen. Let's try this one. Say, he's passionate, he's passionate about me. Amen. That felt good, didn't it? Awesome. So I want to talk about a few things, because other than that, I was thinking about, we're going to start a little bit at Good Friday, and then we'll kind of end at the resurrection. And I had this thought that started with what happened in John chapter 19, verse 28 through 30. So if you have your Bibles, you can go to John 19, 28 through 30. I'm going All of this will be on the screen as well, but I want to read this to you. It says, the death of Jesus. After this, Jesus, knowing that all now was finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. Next verse. Here we go. This is very important. Verse 30. Let me read it for you here. When Jesus had received the saron, he said, "It is finished." Somebody say it with me. It is finished. And he bowed his head, and this is my favorite part, and gave up his spirit. You notice it said that they didn't kill him; he gave up his spirit. And I want to stop there on that word. I was thinking, okay, at the cross, Jesus said it was finished, and I, I, I'm very logical, very just. Dis- Reasonable, and I would like to just say that I don't think the Bible was meant for just theologians and the super, super intelligent people to understand. I think it was meant for everybody, and lowly is a very simple message. And I was sitting there thinking, okay, but on the cross, he said it was finished, but what was finished? Because he still had to be resurrected. So that wasn't finished. And so what was actually finished? And I start to look at the word in the Greek, the word that actually he spoke, the word that's written in the Bible, instead of it is finished, it's actually the word. Can we put that word up there? I don't know if you guys got that or not. Maybe. Boom. I'm going to help you. Why don't someone just try to say it for fun real quick? That didn't help. I didn't hear anyone. Everybody say, te te les sty. Ta te Tetelestai was the word that's written there, and this is really cool. So he's saying, it is finished, and he bowed his head, and tetelestai, which is really cool. So it's like, well, what really really was finished? So this word also, if you translate this word in the New Testament times, this word was a word that was used for banking and accounting. Isn't this cool? Follow me for a moment. So it was, to Tetelestai was written on a bill, on an account, and you ready? You ready for what it meant? It meant paid in full. My goodness. to Tetelestai, he was saying it's finished. It's been paid in full. How many of you would love, maybe some of you in this room, you, your mortgage, some of you older people, you're, you, you got that finally from the bank and that mortgage was completely paid and you got that thing that said paid in full. How'd that make you feel? I receive that, Lord, in Jesus' name. <laughs> you know what I mean? You get that, you're like, man. Some of you, you wait till tax season to to pay off some credit cards. It makes you feel good when you finally get out of that debt and you have something that's paid in full. And Jesus was saying on the cross, "What was finished was there was a payment made, and it was paid in full." So, what did He pay for? The Bible says in Romans chapter six, verse twenty-three, "For the wages of sin." Is death which means that your wage is something that you earn so the the wage what you earned of sinning is death that's what we've all earned this is for everybody right and he's saying listen there's a debt that we all owe every single person not just the bad people everybody every single person The Bible says through one man's act of disobedience, all have fallen to sin. Everybody. The Bible says for all, somebody say all, have fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody. And here's the good news. You ready? Romans 5, Romans chapter 5 verse 8. But when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we were yet sinners, here's the good news. He's saying, hey, you have a debt that you owe. That started in the garden. How many of you know that man that God made screwed it up and it created this debt, let sin, sickness, and death into the earth? But God took it upon Himself and handled it Himself. Became a man and was like, "Listen, I'm going to fix what the first man started and screwed up, and I'm going to fix it myself." I don't know about you, but I'm kind of that way too. It's like, if I'm going to do something, I'll just do. It. I'm going to do it myself, <laughs> right? Make sure it's done right. And God's like, no, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to take this upon myself. I'm going to become like them. You know, the Bible says that he's become like you, and he's been tempted in every way, so he can, under- he can understand what you're going through. He understands. He can relate for suffering and temptation just as we all can. But when he's saying on the cross, he's saying it is finished. He's saying the debt was paid in full. Somebody say in full. One of my favorite quotes was, it's as if you had a million-dollar debt of your sin, and Jesus puts a billion dollars on it. So not only did he die for our past sins, some of you missed that, but he died for all of our sin, completely, right? And so on the cross, he was saying, it is finished. What was finished? That debt that was owed. It was done. What else was finished? His suffering was finished, praise God. How many of you know that also one day there will be a time when sin, sickness, death, and disease will be finished completely? That's good news. But he does promise us that he'll be with us on this side of heaven as well. So who owes the debt that was paid for? Everybody, guys. I love what he said. He he loved us so much that he died for us on the cross. So what was accomplished at the cross? What was finished? The debt was paid. His suffering was over. There's a lot of other things too. I just want to get into a few other things. But he still had to raise from the grave, right? I was always confused by that. Like, why did he say it's finished now? He said had to rise. It's like, no, it was paid in full. That's what happened. And then that three days later, I love that song uh, I think Phil Wickham put out. It says, Friday is good because Sunday was coming. Right? It's a weird way, it's a weird thing that we call it Good Friday, right? It's a day that our Lord and Savior was brutally murdered <laughs> and killed, basically. And just, You know what I mean? But it was good because there was a Sunday coming and he wasn't going to stay in the tomb. And so I was thinking about the resurrection. I was like, okay, what did the resurrection accomplish? What was finished at the resurrection? Follow me for a moment. There's a lot of things I'm going to touch on this two. Number one is he conquered death for us at the resurrection. John 11:25. 25, Jesus is speaking. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Because I live, you shall live also. So Jesus assures us, because Jesus rose from the grave, death is no longer an issue. These aren't just cool songs we're singing. That's what Maddie was saying to you. Death could not hold you. The veil torn before you. And then we went on to say later on that part in that living um, death was never going to hold you, so it's never going to hold me. Isn't that crazy? That actually he conquered death so we could live. Let me say it like this. Everyone in this room is actually going to live for eternity. That death is just the door into eternity. That's all it is, and I'm not trying to be weird or scary this morning, it's just the reality, but here's the good news, he conquered death in the grave so we could be born again, so we could live for eternity. And listen, without faith in Jesus Christ, guess what else, that debt that was paid, you have to pay for it yourself. And if you pay for it yourself, it says, for the wages of sin is death. You will pay for that with your own death, with your own life. And that the Bible talks about there's a real place called hell. It's not just a scary tactic, but it is real. People debate because I would say I got saved when I was 12 years old, maybe even earlier, maybe eight years old. And then I would say I ran away from the Lord from 11 or 12 to 24, completely severe drug addict. People are like, well, I don't know. Maybe you got saved and God would have been saved. Let me tell you how I feel about it because it's my testimony, right? I believe if I would have died at 19 years old, I would have split hell wide open. 100%. (laughs) Because I wasn't following him. I didn't surrender my life to him fully. We talked about a few weeks ago, it's not just about just believing something. The Bible says the demons believe and tremble. Jesus would say, if you lose your life for me, you'll find it. But if you hold on to your life, you're actually going to lose it. And so we have this beautiful opportunity to accept what he did on the cross and paid our debt in full. Amen. And then we have this opportunity to accept and believe the resurrection that would conquer death so we could not only be raised from the dead, but also that we could be free from the power of sin. So as the resurrection, he also defeated the power of sin. At the cross, he, he paid for the, the debt of sin. At the resurrection, he defeated the power of sin. So this is something that we can walk in now. How many of you are glad? I know my family's glad that that Jesus has defeated the power of sin over my life. That I didn't just start coming to church with them on Sunday mornings, but he actually set me free from my sin, from the power of sin. And some people were thinking, well, what do you mean by that? Here we go. Let me read it. Romans 6, 5 through 7. Let me give you a scripture. Here we go. This is so good. We had baptisms this morning, right? You know what baptism represents? The crucifixion and the resurrection. In the grave, out of the grave, literally a new creation, the Bible says. God doesn't come and just fix up your house. He bulldozes your house and builds a new one, makes you a new person. One of my best compliments I was ever given, by was one of my old friends that I used to live with, party with, everything. We were sitting over lunch one day. He looked at me, and he wasn't really happy about what he said. And he said, I don't even know you anymore. I thought, praise God. I don't even know who you are. Good. Because that last person was a fool. And, But I remember him saying, I don't even know you. And it's like, man, there's this new life that God will give us. Remember we talked about a few weeks ago the the gospel of transformation. He wants to change you so much. So listen, for if we have been united with him in a death, right? It's talking about this is what happens to you internally. This is what happens to you when you get born again. You've been united with him in a death like his. We shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Next verse. We know that our old self, look how cool this is. We know that our old self was crucified with him. Ready? In order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. That's good news. So he didn't just pay the penalty for your sin. He broke the power of sin as well. So this is awesome. It's not just a cool story. This is a revelation for you to understand that God can set you free from every hang-up and every addiction and every bit of depression, every bit of anxiety, everything that's been holding you. It can be broken this morning. It can be broken. We're not looking for more people just to come to this church. We're not looking for more money here. We're not looking for any of that. We're looking for people to be buried with him and be raised with him. And to see your life be changed and be transformed. And to see your family be transformed. I don't care what church you go to. Pick a Bible-believing church and just go. And don't just attend, but go and serve and give your life to it. Amen? My goodness, this is good. Might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. Man, that's good news. Isn't that good news? That's such good news. I'm so happy that he didn't just pay for my penalty, but he broke the power. He broke the power. And he can break that for you this morning, even if you, listen to me. You know what it takes a lot of times for people who are already saved to break the power of sin is to believe that the power's been broken. You have to believe it. You're not gonna get anywhere. So he broke the power of sin. He, he conquered death for us, and he also freed us from the power of sin. Come on, we're doing so good on time. We get a little drink. Talk to your neighbor for a moment. We not. It's all right. He broke the power of sin. Conquered death for us. And how many of you know as well something else he did at the resurrection? He proved that our lost loved ones will be resurrected. The Bible says that the dead in Christ will rise first. If Jesus comes back this afternoon, uh, we're having our Easter egg thing, <laughs> can we just be real? He's probably gonna be like, what is, what is this about? <laughs> Oh, come on. It's something the fun way to celebrate. Amen? Hmm. So what was finished at the cross? Debt was paid. The resurrection. What was finished there? He broke the power of sin, he broke death. And then also he should prove to us that even if we die, just like Lazarus, you know what he's saying? He's saying that you know what he said about Lazarus? Lazarus is just asleep. He, he wasn't meaning that he was actually sleeping. It was mean that if you're in Christ, this is a foreshadowing understanding. If you're in Christ and you die, you're literally just like you're sleeping and waiting to be resurrected. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? It's just really, I'll be honest with you, I wish I understood all of that, but I don't. But here's the good news. I don't think I have to. <laughs> it would be kind of odd if I completely understood everything about an infinite God and how he does things completely, right? So, but what now? Is everything finished now? He, he died, he rose, but guess what? After he rose from the grave, did you notice he didn't just leave immediately? He didn't just leave. He, he stuck around and actually saw the women, and let me just plug this for a moment. I'm gonna have to preach on this sooner or later. Some people are really odd about women in ministry, and they take two Bible verses of the New Testament. I believe they take them out of context about women speaking or women teaching. And I'm like, man, hold on a second. If you read the Bible account, did you notice who was at the cross with him? It was the women and John, by the way. Let's not leave John out, my man. But you notice who was at the tomb as well? It was the women. I'm like, whoa, hold on a second. The most important piece of our faith and information is the resurrection, and God, you decide to entrust the message to women? Wow. I'll just leave it there. I would say God can use women, can't he? Amen. It's pretty amazing, actually. Matthew 28, 18. So you see Jesus, he rises from the grave. We'll be done in just a few minutes. For some reason, Jesus stuck around still, right? So it wasn't completely finished yet. Even after the resurrection, it wasn't finished. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, it's not over. (laughs) Say, it's still going. He comes back to meet with his apostles. He comes back to tell them, hey, listen, yes, yes. Yes, I paid for the debt. Yes, I conquered the power of sin. But listen, there's more. I have a mission for you now. And it's not just to believe this and come to church. It's actually to believe this, let it manifest in every part of your life, and you become just like me. That actually the whole goal is that that I would leave. Remember, Jesus in the past would say to them, it's better that I leave, that the Holy Spirit would come. Why? Because Jesus would be able to multiply himself across the earth. Through his people. That's why Paul would say, It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. I'm here to tell you this morning that the ministry of Jesus that he started is not finished. It's literally ongoing. He's not just hoping that you get saved and wait to go to heaven, he's hoping that you get saved and you pick up the mantle of the ministry that he started. Say amen. I'm talking to everybody. Look at this. You ready? It's called the Great Commission. And Jesus came and said to them, this is after he rose from the grave, he's saying, hey, it's still not over yet. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Keep going. Go. Somebody say go. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing. Listen, let me listen to you, to that same person, those people I was talking to earlier about your purpose. Here's your purpose. Here, here's your calling. You Ready? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you're a parent, your first disciples are your children. <laughs> and then you go to, go where? Go to your workplace. I love this next part. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And notice, it's not just about getting in a pulpit and becoming a pastor, but you need to understand the basic foundational truths of the Word of God so you can make disciples. We're not just depending on calling the pastors and saying, hey, can you meet with this guy? Can you meet with this guy? I got him to come to church. Can you meet with him? No, 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 no. You've been in church all your life. you got to have the truth yourself so you can go and you can teach these basic things. Baptize. One of my favorite things we do here is if, if you played a vital role in somebody's walk with Christ and their salvation, we'd love to let you baptize them here. And People might think, well, that's weird. No, it's not weird, actually. It's pretty normal. Who's qualified for doing baptisms? Disciples. (laughs) I'll move on, I'll move on. But he's saying, guys, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, teaching them, baptizing. And he says, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. For some reason, Jesus didn't just be resurrected and leave. He had still some work to do. And he's saying, now, this work that I started, I'm gonna put my spirit inside of you, and you're gonna continue this work. Somebody say, it's not over. It's still going. And it's not about just coming to church, guys. John 20, verse 21, and he said to them, peace be with you. This is Jesus speaking. He says, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. what if we got a hold of some of this this morning and it wasn't just another Easter Sunday morning. The church decided, listen, I'm gonna gonna take up this mantle. I'm I'm gonna go out and the work of Jesus is not finished until he comes back. It's still ongoing. Every day as you go, as you go out to eat today, make sure that you're being kind to the people at the restaurant. Oh, man, it's taking forever, and I had a reservation. Don't tell them you were at this church. You're going to be rude to people. Don't do that. Let that be finished. Amen? <laughs> but let this mantle of like, I'm going to continue doing what he was doing. That's why Jesus would say to his disciples, what did he say? He said, the things I've done, you're going to do greater things than these. The things I've done, church, you understand? He's talking about miracles, signs and wonders, crazy, awesome stuff, powerful stuff. He's saying you're gonna do greater things than these. He's saying greater is the one who believes and has not seen. He's talking about us. We haven't actually seen him like others did and we still believe. It's pretty incredible. So could you stand to your feet? I worship team come. Praise the Lord. I felt the Lord just wanting to ask all of us a question in this room this morning, and it's simply this: What side of the cross are you on? What is it that you are need to receive this morning? Maybe you're here and you're not born again. You're not saved. You're still in that Romans 6.23 verse says the wages of sin is death and you have not believed and placed your faith repented of your sins, believed in who he is, believed in the resurrection and received that tetelestai that paid in full for all of your sins. Maybe that's where you're at this morning. There is an opportunity for you right now to receive what only he could earn. Here's the beauty. You can't earn it. He earned it for you. You just receive it. It goes on to say it's a free gift. Like, Pastor your says, There's a free gift. It's just received. How many of you know this, though? You don't have to receive a gift. You, some of y'all could give me a gift, wrap it, hand it to me. I don't have to actually open that gift. I believe the Lord prophetically is in this room saying, if you're on that side of the cross, he's literally just handing you a gift and saying, this is my blood, this is my body, this is what I've done for you, would you receive it this morning, by faith. And then for those who are on the other side of the cross, maybe you're already born again, that he would get you to understand that actually it's not finished, the work is not over, it's literally just beginning for some of you. For some of you, you've gotten saved recently, you've gotten baptized, awesome. Listen, we gotta get past this idea that it's saved, baptized, filled with the Spirit, you get tongues, and then that's it. It's like, no, now now we go, and we teach, and we welcome people in, and and we grow up in the Lord, and we serve, and we gather people, and we literally just extend the arm of God. We extend the message to people around us. It's not just a checkbox. I love what some pastors say. It's not just to come and get your get out of hell free card. That's not the plan. If it was when you got saved, he would just take you to heaven. If that was the whole goal. But actually, Jesus would talk about, hey, the kingdom's at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. And he's calling the church to take up this mantle of being ambassadors for his kingdom and spreading his kingdom influence on this earth. So maybe you're on one side of the cross that says, I need to receive the gift. Maybe you're on the other side where it's like, I need to take up this mantle. I want to build his kingdom. I want to not just continue just to go to church and just be on the security team or just be on the cleaning team. One of my favorite things, I came in this church yesterday and I walked in the sanctuary. Again, I love how this keeps happening. And one of our cleaning ladies was in here praying in the Holy Spirit over every pew in this place. And she had headphones on, so she was real loud. I don't think she realized. (laughs) You know how you are when you got headphones on, you talk real loud. Everybody's like, be quiet. I remember she was walking through here on the sides and every single, let me say this to you. Where you're seating right now has been prayed for that you would get exactly what God has for you this morning. But it's up to you. It's up to you completely. And God's not, we're not here to twist your arms. Our prayer team, could you come? Would you just close your eyes in this room? Just let the Lord do whatever he wants to do in your heart right now. Hmm. Uh, hallelujah hallelujah Hmm. just take a moment and meditate on whatever part of this message whatever side of the cross that you're on whatever it is that hits you today just even just in your own way just tell God I receive it this morning Lord (laughs) I receive what you spoke to my spirit this morning I receive it Lord Hallelujah. And before you go, for those who are in this room to say, listen, I need to repent of my sins. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. I believe he rose in the grave. I want that penalty to be paid in full for my life. I give him my life. If that's you, I want you to lift your hands right where you are. I need salvation this morning. Would you lift your hands right where you are? Thank you, Lord. Come on, Romans 1:16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel don't be ashamed this morning if that's you would you lift your hand I'll wait just a moment I see one hand back there anybody else Jesus I give you my life not just my Sunday mornings but I give you my life if that's you would you lift your hand Hmm. before you go if you lifted your hand I want you to come down front to pray with our prayer team they're gonna pray for you to receive Jesus this morning as your Lord and Savior amen And maybe you're a little nervous still. You're like, man, I didn't want to lift my hand. You have plenty of time. This prayer team, these altars will be open. We'd love to pray with you this morning to receive Jesus. And for those of you who are like, man, I need to pick up the mantle. I need to walk out this kingdom. I want to be a part of building the kingdom. Would you raise your hands right now all across this room? Let me pray for you. God, I thank you that no longer Sunday morning Christians. But God, I thank you that the ministry that you started is being released this morning, God. And we just believe by faith that you're taking us deeper. You're taking us higher. To our workplaces, to the job sites, to the stores. And especially, first of all, to our homes with our own children and wives and husbands. I thank you, Lord. No longer a season of just receiving stuff at church and not taking it with us, oh God. Let it manifest and take control of our lives in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Can we put our hands together for Jesus this morning? Awesome. Hey, before you go, the altars are still open. If you need prayer for healing, for you just need somebody to pray with you. Maybe you've just been depressed, you're struggling. I believe there's freedom this morning at these altars. You're having a hard time in life. Please, before you go, come down to the altars. Especially if you've gotten saved today, you've given him your life, please come down. We want to give you a new believer's book, little card for you. We love you so much. If you're participating with the Easter egg, and the petting zoo out there is go out and wait for instructions. Actually, go get your kids. I'm sorry. Yeah, go get your children. And then go out there and wait for instructions. If you need prayer, the altars are open. Bless you guys.